Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Hello. Hello, sir. Long time no talk. Yeah, it's been a minute. And before you went to uh, Spring Snows, I think. Yeah, I'm sure it was. That's crazy. How was your spring? Ah, it was alright. The snow kind of fucked us. What do you mean? Oh, they went around. We like I oh, dealt with the same adults like three different times, and then did you uh, uh, hunt too far east? Yes. Well, okay. we, we hunt the same place all the time, Lake Preston. So okay, yeah, that line was uh, definitely uh, exaggerated west this year. It seemed. Yes, and uh, mm. like I said, we dealt with the same. Like when I got there, obviously there was some snow, and then the adults were rolling through, and then we started seeing juvies. We got now like one to three inches reverse migration. Um, that thought out pretty quickly. Juvie started showing up again. Eight yeah. inches of snow. <laughs> 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 that time we didn't see as big of a reverse because I think they just either they were north of the storm or they went west of it or whatever. And I never really experienced like the main mass, you know, where you can look in every direction and there's a 30,000 feed. That just never happened this year. So. I think it was 2013, maybe even for the day. Today's April 13th. It was like between April 13th and 17th was my biggest snow goose shoot ever, and that was in South Dakota in a blizzard. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when we got those storms, I was like chomping at the bit, and I was like, all right, I love hunting in snow. And then it didn't, it wasn't good. <laughs> like either storm, neither one of the storms was good. I was like, this sucks. 
talked to uh, Trevor. He had a pretty good spring. He said they averaged about 35 in the spread. That's pretty – that's a damn good average. That's a damn good average. Was yeah. it muddy for you, or did you stay out of that too? No, it was muddy. Fuck, dude. Yeah, it was terrible. It was oh. – yeah, we – so this year I, I hunted out of a panel blind, which actually was pretty slick. There was a nice little, like, ditch edge hide thing that worked out really good. But mm-hmm. that ditch also flash flooded because of the snow melt. So we had to, we're like, we were hunting in there. I'm like, um, it's getting kind of wet in here. <laughs> <laughs> so picked the tide it up. is rising. Yeah, picked it up, moved it. Uh, fortunately, they're pretty easy to move and moved it up the hill. and It worked out just fine. And then one other day uh, when it was 40 mile an hour winds, it like blew into the ditch, came back from break, and it was – yeah, not there. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Did you notice any uh, birds acting dumber since they really hadn't been pursued since Missouri last year, like early March of last year? Um, no, can't say that. I mean, I didn't think that would be the case. You know, like no, it sounds like the guys had a pretty good year in Arkansas this year, though. Okay. So maybe there was some huh. some truth to it, but it sounds maybe. like Missouri went really fast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, South Dakota went pretty quick too, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we uh, we ended at least a week later than normal, and that was the last one there for like the last week. So, jeez, yeah, um, it went fast. Seen a blizzard in North Dakota today, though. Yes, I saw that too, and I started drooling a little bit. Kind of want to go North Dakota right now. Should I do it? Now I'm not gonna do it. No. No, I'm not gonna do it. But it would have been a good time to do it. That you could get on a if you could find a a nice juvie roost before the the storm, you would you would smash. Yeah, that would be crazy. Sometimes you can just find a juvie roost and and just smash. Sometimes there's adults mixed in; they just haven't been shot at in maybe a long, long time. Yeah, we had that the last uh, the last weekend. We got on a feed, nice juvie feed, and we shot. Uh, 40 something i don't remember what it was which isn't like amazing but so better than i guess I've what type having. of a-frames what kind of a-frames were you using lucky ducks oh you like those i do actually yeah i liked them too when i saw them the head hole is a little obnoxiously big did you have any issues dealing with that we got some overhead cover yeah i mean it's not that it's no, not that one, one thing i kept talking about doing and then didn't do but probably will for next year or well, I don't have these anyway, so I'll just make them. But the Lucky Duck layout chairs, they come with a, a little, like, apron that goes over you, has stubble straps on it. Well, the first thing I do is cut that off because all that really does is collect mud and make those chairs ten times heavier than they need to be. Yeah. But what would be nice is to just go ahead and stubble those in, and then you could drape those over the Lucky Duck uh, panel blind. And then you'd have, I mean, you basically made yourself a little pit. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. You know, overhead. Plus, it would or just lock in some do heat. Do a white box. Or just do a white box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I could fit 10 people in a white box, but I guess I just need a bigger white box. You just make more uh, fronts and backs. Right. You only need two sidewalls. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, man. No, I, I actually did not pull the trigger or even attempt to on uh, Snow Geese this spring. No, you were just ruffling feathers by selling uh, pins, apparently. Thought that was going to work that second weekend. It didn't. <laughs> what didn't work? I put it up that I made $1,800 selling pins. 
Oh, and uh, I didn't. I and, did not do that. And, I didn't make any money selling pins. Nobody bought one. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, I was just trying to like, <laughs> I don't know, just make people believe I did, and also see the internet reaction, which was funny. It was. They reacted. And then uh, it was a topic of conversation just, in the field a couple days. <laughs> and then I think I. Uh, and then I think I just kind of talked myself into it because I was listing all these reasons why somebody would buy a pin. Like, you know, you wouldn't have to waste a bunch of time and gas. And then I'm like, God damn, I'd buy a pin. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I totally believed it. <laughs> and, then, and then I like got home and I actually got a couple legit people reach out to me. And then I was like, I'm going back out. Who wants a pin? And nobody reached out. And I'm nobody like, reached I'm, out. I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> so no, that was fun. And it was cool to go out there and uh, – um, I showed the wife the migration, which wasn't very impressive considering how uh, strung out it was, you know? Yeah, it was very strung out without that snow line. Uh, I, I thought the same thing, even the ducks. Like, there was a couple of days we got some pretty good um, pushes of ducks, but nothing like it's been in the past. I think what is kind of cool about it when it's so staggered and they go up at their own pace and not weather dictated is you get the species separation. Did you notice that at all? Yes. Very much. Yeah, like when when I took the wipe out, it was like we hit a northern pintail zone, and then we hit a, a ringbill zone, and it was just cool to just see that many of the same species with no like adulterants around. So when she got to see like her first pintails, she got to see her first pintails. Right. And I'm just over there drooling too. It's it cool. <laughs> we had a couple pretty good. Um, actually, we had quite a few good duck days as far as just being covered up and having a good show. Mm-hmm. There was one where they were like, these things, full migration, like coming out of the heavens. In fact, you couldn't even see them with the naked eye. I would just be having the, the binoculars up just looking around, and I would see a speck on the binoculars, just a pintail just like bowed up, literally just dropping straight down. And like you drop That's the binoculars so cool. right where you're looking. Like, I can't see them. You put them back up, and like, oh, there they are. And then that bird would work all the way down and go to the same flooded corner of the field that every single duck in the county was going to. It's like, holy shit, do these things have good eyes? Yeah, no kidding. I and I don't know what – they've got some way of knowing. I I don't know. I'm so fully convinced they have senses we don't know about. I think so. Well, they, they have to be able to see. I mean, unless it's a like you have arrived at your destination, and then they just go straight down. I don't know. <laughs> they have, like I a, mean, look at like Snoggy's theory. Isn't it weird how they would just come out of the horizon for eternity and all are going to the same fields? Yeah. It's almost like a game of telephone, I feel like. Like the lead flies like, We found the food and it just works its way backwards. It's possible. Or it's or it's visual. I mean they got a pretty good vantage point flying a mile up. And yeah, and the white generally birds have good eyesight, so And for ducks that flicker is just amazingly bright when they uh yeah. when they land on their yeah. wings. But um other than that, how's it how's it been going? Good. I mean, other, <laughs> other than that, other than a, a lackluster season, it's been good. But I had I had repeat customers from last year, and we all we had fun, and probably do it again next year, I'm sure. So it it was it was successful. I uh, hasn't have been officially booked, but uh, somebody from Washington who I guided last year came out again this year. They want to come to Minnesota for a wood duck hunt. Oh, for sure. Uh, I was like, uh, okay, they want one for the wall. I said, well, that we can do that, but it's going to be a fine, like, you have a one-week period. <laughs> before. What do you mean? <laughs> well, before you get one that's good and plumed out before they take oh, no. off. Uh-uh. Hell no, dude. My, the wood duck I got on my wall is from opening morning. Really? 
I mean, mine, yeah, this, I guess mine came from like second opener, but no, we get that. Um, we get a molt migration of Drake wood ducks from the south. They come north. Yeah, so all the banding data from like uh, Louisiana and Mississippi and Georgia, it all tells the same story, and that's first year juveniles pretty much stay in state, and then second and above they migrate to mostly Minnesota, like mostly really? Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, actually. I started researching this because my buddy Adam Johnson called me last uh, last fall, and he goes, "Dude, I've got 50 wood ducks in my yard right now, which isn't crazy. His trees drop acorns every few years, right?" And he goes, "Here's the weird thing: they're all drakes." And I go, "Okay." He's like, "I'm literally serious, dude. Every wood duck is a drake, and I thought one was a hen, but it was just a really young drake." And I got the spotting scope on him. Got, I counted them, 51 drakes. Huh. That, that's really weird. And this was like maybe a week or two or three in the season. And uh, I started Googling that. And right on the like Louisiana DNR website, they've got this band map that shows the second and third year drakes just getting massacred up in central Minnesota. Really? Well, yeah, I do have they're, a, weird, I, they're a weird creature. That is a weird creature. I, I, have a, I do have a spot that uh, I never really have scouted for wood ducks before and it was i mean i definitely have a couple spots that are I'm like well as much as you can guarantee somebody hunting success i go i can virtually guarantee you we will shoot wood ducks are they good enough for the wall well we'll that we'll have to wait and see but uh, have you ever um hunted a field that was a straight wood duck feed uh not well i mean we did yes i guess i mean I don't know if I can say straight wood duck feed because the geese were using it too, but we knew that a bunch of wood ducks were using it. So we loaded up light for first light and it worked out. And then once the, once they were done, we shot a pile of them. And then once they were done flying, then we switched loads over for honkers. But yeah, I've seen it. We used to do that a bunch back in uh, the Goosebuster days. Uh, It doesn't seem like there's as many, like wood duck feeds as there used to be. But like 15 years ago, man, we could find them almost like four or five a season. And then there would be a debate with the clients like, hey, you want to go shoot wood ducks? And that's, we're going to hunt for six minutes. And, right. uh, and then, we, then we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> so some is... of them would want the, like, the studs for the wall and that'd be cool. And otherwise I'd be like, not really, man. Like, no, I kind of wanted to go hunting, not just one round of trap at daybreak. <laughs> right. And that's pretty much what it is too. That's funny. So, we've, we've busted them out of a cornfield setting up in the dark before, plenty of times. Yeah, they'll come. Uh, they'll come first light, last light. Yeah, I would say even before light. I'd like, there's a few times. Literally, we walk out. You know, you at the field an hour early to set up your hawker spread and literally kick wood ducks out of the field. You're like, whoa, what the heck? It's dry. It's not flooded, so they're clearly in there eating. How many times have you in seen geese dark? come to a field? An hour before legal, like a solid hour. Not, not many. I've seen it a couple few times, but yeah, hmm. not many. Oh, I have a hawk that I'm looking at right now that has been coming into my yard the last few days. I'm pretty sure he's trying to jack one of my chickens. I'm going to keep an eye on that <laughs> son of a bitch. If I drop yeah, the I headphones and sprint out into my yard, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> i got a couple people that message me like hey what happened to waterfall wednesday yeah like, well here's the thing dale fucked up here's the thing <laughs> dale fucked up and then he he didn't press record or something happened the file got corrupted 
So then I decided, well, I'm going to make a couple by myself while he's out in South Dakota. And then I fucked up. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, we'll just have better planning next time. We need, we need, <laughs> we need to have a backlog of, of Waterfall Wednesdays, or you just continue to do them. Like I, I thought the I one you like did doing them was pretty good. Time. I kind of like that the information is uh, relevant, you know, like this will come out tomorrow, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I like it when it's fresh and relevant. Well, fresh and relevant is nice, um, but it's, it's just so when I'm doing the Snow Goose thing, it's just difficult. It I is, just, yeah. I just like don't have time. I just don't have time. Just... And be one thing if I had reliable internet out there, which I don't. And who knows? We That's might crazy. be at a, we might be at a different place next time. Yeah, it is. It sucks because like you hook up to the Wi-Fi, and I mean I'm just talking about like dicking around your phone doing Facebook or whatever. It's like, why is it just spinning right now? It was just working fine, and then it like it just it's real intermittent. I don't know what the deal is, but I'm like this is yes. this, <laughs> this, this yeah, will not Wi-Fi. do. The Wi-Fi went out in the lodge in Oklahoma, just like 30 dudes with no cell phones. Uh, oh, no. It's bad. It's bad, bad. Oh, no. <laughs> we had to have a conversation. It was terrible. <laughs> After 48 hours with no Pornhub, <laughs> the hunting you camp find, was getting pretty tense. You find out if you're straight or not real quick. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I found out when I was like 13. I was like, am I gay? No. No, I'm not. All right, let's go with this then. <laughs> oh, you flew the other direction. Um. Well, anyways, I went out to Washington, saw the Pacific Calls dude, and built a call. Yeah, how did that go? Uh, Pretty pretty great. It looked kind of cool. It definitely was cool. And I've, I've always got some crazy ideas like rolling around in my head, you know? So I get there the first day and uh, like basically just Alex was explaining to me why he can't build my fantasy tools and my uh, <laughs> like he's like it's 2021 not like uh, 2121 3021 <laughs> what were your fantasy tools <laughs> yeah like so shit so I learned a lot from those guys there and it was super cool because like. Everything that was possible that I said that came out of my mouth, like I had to be careful what I'd say because they'd be like, let's try it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's just spitballing there. It's pretty dumb. It sounds dumb to me. Let's not waste an hour on it. And like they're just super enthusiastic about finding out why I think the things I think about um, calling and what would make a better call. And we came up with some, like right at the, the end of the first day, the computer programmer was about to leave. And I was like, hey, man, just whip something some crazy, crazy thing up fast. And that's the, that's the one that ended up working. We were all kind of shocked. Huh. Is this super, so, super secret waiting for a reveal or what? I think so because um, it is a design that's never been done before. It needs to be tweaked too. It's kind of annoying. Um, this hawker call? Yeah. Um, but it's, it should just be more consistent. And once it's fine-tuned, just... Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm exhausted. I've been like researching music and math and vibration science for like ten days, fourteen days straight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty sweet, big cool cool project. And yeah. then I think we're gonna drop it. Um, it's coming out at the Dive Bomb Show. Oh, very cool. When is that? June eleventh that June. weekend. June. Down in St. Louis, Missouri. I bought a plane ticket there for like hundred fifty bucks. Ooh, super cheap. Yeah, dude. I might head down there next week. What for? Morels. Oh, you going Morel? When do those pop around here? Another 
four or five weeks? Yeah, yeah, probably, uh, probably a solid month. I mean, I, I've actually been seeing some people are posting like super, super tiny baby ones. Who knows somewhere it has a, like a good southern exposure. Um, those are super early, like ridiculous early. So yeah, I mean, it seems like no matter what the weather is here in Minnesota, it's like mid-May through Memorial weekend is like prime time. So depending on what part of the state, but yeah. But I, don't, I, I really been... am not good at finding those things. I got a buddy named Jeff Houston. He'll take me out every spring or so and make it fun, but <laughs> it's not fucking easy. No, it's not easy. It is fun though. It's like a little treasure hunt. You got to train your eyes. You got to, you know, know what to look for, but once you kind of dial them in, uh, you can, you can usually get pretty good. Although with that said, my last two seasons have been pretty bleak, but, um, of course, I follow a few different pages, and they're they're pulsing them like crazy down there, which I shouldn't have done because now I'm like, I really want to go Itching. down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also don't have like work wise, I don't have anything like super consistent right now. So I'm like, you know what? Why not just try to go down there and actually find them and sell them? You can actually make some decent money doing it. If, you can if if you if. get a good load of them. So, <laughs> and you know what you're doing a little bit. Right. That, I feel but like that's just... a big if. I mean, I've I've walked for hours and hours and hours and hours and come home with a hat full. You know, I, that's not going to cut it. I need like five gallon buckets full. And I think you, if you took like an approach, like kind of like we take on duck and goose hunting, you'd be really successful too. Like you're not really studying, like trying to figure out how to mushroom hunt. You're just studying mushrooms and like, just get interested in them and you'll kind of find yourself in the correct terrain. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I, I'm pretty much into it. I'm a amateur mycologist. Dude, I've been watching some mushroom YouTube videos lately too. Those are fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty wicked. They're, it's a pretty wicked organism. Not yes, to, it is. Not dude. to get too it, off. I, how they find it, like, in, like after forest fires. Like, how did these spores get here? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, there's just spores everywhere all the time. Like all the different kinds of mushrooms. There, I mean, when when a single mushroom releases spores, it's tens of thousands of spores, if not more. And now you're talking, however, countless amount of mushrooms that are doing that of every shape, size, color. You know, like there's just spores everywhere. Yeah, but they were saying, like, after, like, a forest fire of, like, who knows how hot, you know, like a super hot forest fire, mm-hmm. they go in there instantly, there's already spores starting to take over. Well, if you really want to know the science behind it, the spores had already taken root in the actual living organism, the mycelium, is under the soil. And the reason you get a fruiting body after a fire is because they, they once, that's like, they know their time is limited there, and so they sprout their seeds. That's kind of cool. The mushroom, the mushroom part you actually pick, is like an apple on an apple tree. That's that's not even the main organism. The main organism is under is in the soil, right? Or in the tree, or wherever the substrate of that particular mushroom lives. Okay. Um. Did you watch the roundtable for the uh, Minnesota DNR waterfall regulation proposals? I did not watch it, but I I read through some of the uh, comments. What did the comments say? <laughs> well, to my surprise, there's a fair amount of people that aren't in favor of a teal season. That are not? That are not in favor of a oh, teal season. Well, yeah, that's why we didn't get it for all this time. I, I don't I don't understand. Um I mean I, I understand, either. but I don't understand. Because I it's guess, just... but I feel like it's based on ignorance. You're right. Maybe. <laughs> it could be based a little bit on other experience. It's a really big state, so maybe 
trying to give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just had a different experience that made an impression on them because there's so many things that could happen in a state so large. The problem is none of it's actually based in experience. I mean, not not experienced with a teal season. It's all all possibilities. They're worried about possibilities. And then when you bring up – if you try to quell their fears – by using other states as an example, they don't they don't listen. They so they I'm, think they're they think they're going to destroy the wood duck population, which is literally like an argument I got that that was the words that one of the guys used. We're going to destroy the wood duck population. Maybe Louisiana's from inis- incidental. <laughs> well, for one, they're it's all just, anyway. <laughs> there's not that many right. There's not that many that get shot accidentally. Nope. Um, so that's. That's not the case. And let's just say let's just say they did. Let's just say a bunch did get shot accidentally. Well, we're not destroying the population when we hunt them on purpose. So so why would a one week period of accidental harvest destroy the population? It's an it's just There's an unfounded fear. I'm looking at their uh, results that they got. They posted the preliminary results of the survey. Okay. And what does it say? I think 1,200 people responded online. That kind of blew me away. We had 1,223 hunters had completed the questionnaire online. 180 pieces of mail were returned undeliverable from, the, I guess, the letters. But yeah, mm. 1,200 people? What the fuck? It's not very many. But that's why these people who do respond have such an outweighted... Um, right, have such an impact. Such an impact. Like, if you could get a couple good organizations to... Like spread the word and get your message out. Like we want this question responded to in that way, and everybody's cool with that. Like you could really move the needle. There's only 1,200 out of 80,000 people that, and the DNR is going well. Our constituents want this. Right. One thing I was a little confused by. It looked like they moved the um. It looks like they moved the southern zone to have the same dates as the central zone this year. That's dumb. Yeah, like the exact same. That's super dumb. I agree. They honestly God, the DNR has an impossible job though. I've been saying it's like you cannot you cannot please these hunters. It's, it opens too soon, it opens too late. The split's in the wrong spot. The, the, we shouldn't even have a split. Why is the season close so early? Like no matter what you do, somebody's going to bitch. Right. It's like and you have yeah. three zones that stretch out your 60-day season to, you know, 70 days or whatever it is if you're willing to put a little windshield time in and that's not good enough yeah and uh here if you want to what percentage of minnesotans that responded to the survey would you say support youth waterfall weekend 50 48.8 pretty close damn good dude how about strongly oppose youth waterfall day five percent 11.2. Okay. Another thing I thought was kind of weird is the uh, uh, Veterans Day. Uh, The Veterans Day hunt didn't didn't get considered. Really? And and that had strong support. A lot of other states are doing it, and they would do it, like, on our youth waterfall day anyway. So it would be the same. Yeah, you're you're just double dipping on a free hunt. Yeah. And, I I mean, I guess it probably would be. but and, And it had strong support. And, and it just wasn't considered. I'm like, well, what's what's the hmm. harm, I guess? And even just, I mean, nobody's going to be opposed to that, I wouldn't think. Right. Um, 
preferred length of a potential teal season. 30% of people said zero. Well, they're idiots. 20 or 17.5% said 16 days, the full season. Only? So about half, half the amount of respondents preferred a full teal season, double the amount of respondents wanted none. So that's, that's why we get these regulations. <laughs> that is so fucked up. <laughs> it is. About 25 and 28 for the five day and the nine day. So they went with the five, I guess. That's Support for early teal season. Didn't I just say that? What's yeah. the other thing I read? Maybe this is for the... Oh, no. Yeah. What I read you earlier was the bonus teal. Ah. Was yeah. That, was yep. that nope. zero? No, that was um, for strongly opposed, support, strongly support. So it's strongly support. Let's redo it. We're going to restart. <laughs> <laughs> You're how, many people, how many people strongly support the teal season? 48, 48%. 23. Oh. We were way fucking off. Way off. And then strongly opposed, 20. So it's pretty evenly split between strong and strong. Why the fuck would you strongly oppose it? Like, okay, so here's so the one was they think they're going to destroy the wood duck population. The other argument that was in with this with the same two clowns was, uh, um, uh, they're going to make the birds migrate sooner. Okay, well, why aren't the Wisconsin teal here, and the Michigan teal? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to convince me. I tried to get them. Like these are the same. You know what? Your same arguments are when. People wanted to hunt early geese over water, and everybody threw a, a fit. It's going to push the birds out. You're gonna you're gonna kill ducks. All all the same bullshit arguments, and it's not true. And uh, some another confusing thing was the open water regulations. That didn't have really much support or people against it. Like, in fact, I think it had pretty pretty good support, and. Uh, they just didn't consider it. I don't know. And they said it wouldn't know. really affect many people. Okay, well. Well, then throw it in there. There, yeah, why not have it, you yeah. know? And then also, one of the stated goals of the of the waterfall regulation changes that they're trying to do was make regulations simpler. So we could start right on that motorized decoy restriction. Uh, that's the first thing that pops into my brain. Like, federal land, state land, what if state land touches federal land? What day is it in the year? Um, right. Fucking a that and that, and the open water thing. What is partially concealed? Do I need one stock or do I need two? You need stocks one cattail, yeah, yeah. Anything poking out of the water. I know, but that's dumb. Um, Let's just get rid of that too. Why can't I hunt? What if I want to hunt on, you know, a, a rocky lake that doesn't have any vegetation? I can't. The, the thing I worry about when it comes to motorized decoy regulations, my concern is not killing too many ducks when we're using them on opening day, it's some kid that's bored off his fucking ass, just playing on his game board. I thought so shows my age um, playing on his phone the whole morning going, dad, can we go home? Dad, can we go home? This sucks. I fell in the slew. I smell like shit. What are we doing in these cattails? And like that kid is never going to want to go duck hunting again. And he might've had like a 20 pack of blue wings, just bomb and just get that, Oh, if he had, I didn't know where you were going with this story, but if there was a spinning wing decoy, he if might. If there was a spinning wing, he may decoy, have had a better morning. Yes, or okay. a morning at all. Where now you got a kid. How many ducks are not are going to die? How many ducks will we lose because we have spinners? More definitely. How many ducks are we going to lose if we don't interest people in ducks? Right. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. You could lose your whole hunt if you lose enough of them because that same low percentage, eventually you get people that are, you know, one thing you got to 
consider is that some of these against are probably anti hunters. They're not yeah, even. They could be. They're not even hunters that are that are weighing in on these. Are you, you could be right because um, it's not like they screened me like before I uh, yeah. took the survey. Right. It can be anybody, and that's a so, that's a as, that's as a, easy as I just said. Like, why doesn't a conservation organization push for their agenda on that survey? Why doesn't an animal rights organization do the same thing? The survey might not be on their radar, but they do all sorts of shady shit. You know, they'll buy uh, bear tags and then not use them. So now yeah. states have had to amend it. So, like, in order to qualify for a bear tag, you had to have like some way to prove. You know, like if you didn't register a bear in X amount of years, whatever you can't, I don't know how it was, but this, they had some way of like ferreting out people that were just buying them and sitting on them. Well, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> and those people are as tr- like a troll class, like none other. Oh yeah. Oh, for so sure. once something gets on their radar, it bleeps hot. Yep. And that's the, and you know, that's the, the other issue that a lot of these people don't understand. It's like, even if you're opposed, even if you're a hunter, even if you're a duck hunter, and you're let's say you're opposed to the teal season for whatever your stupid reasons are, maybe acquiesce that when you see the bigger picture of losing hunters because you might not get to do your mallard hunt when you want to do it or at all if at some point in time hunter numbers drop so much that the anti-voice is louder and then and they're this... just going to do away with the whole thing and then you're fucked. I mean – and also just less and less and less and less and less people hunt. There's no constituency in the governments. Like this is America. Like we yeah, vote for the regulations we want. If nobody wants that regulation, it's gone. Yeah. Squeaky wheel gets a grease. Plus there's no, there's less and less money going into the resource. So yeah. All that conservation taxation just is out the window and license fees. Right. And anybody who thinks that that my scenario of losing your hunting rights is far fetched. Just look at California. It's not. Why? What happened there? Well, they've, all but ban trapping statewide. Uh, they, they? they ban the mountain lion hunt now. Well, that that's old news. Um, but they but that's not enough. They're chipping away at all of it. There is, uh, I think it's Victoria in Australia. There is um, some waterfowl banning, and and Japan has had uh, goose hunting banning since the seven banned since the seventies, yeah. and the Netherlands since like the eighties. There's yeah. places out there where you can't shoot ducks and geese. Yeah, it's 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 not that far fetched. And, and I, if I had to guess, I'd say that's what their citizens want. So I mean, <laughs> right? Well, we and here's that's what I mean. That that voice is the loudest. And I, when they finally start talking about this uh, swan season that they've been hinting at, um, you can for sure bet that all the birders are going to come out in force, and they're going to be pissed about that one. And I can see the I can see that swans are cool as shit, and they're pretty. I don't get that bear thing you just said though. Like, who the fuck cares if a bear gets murdered? That's lots great for things, people, dude. No, <laughs> lots of things, uh, dude. Lots of people care about bears. You can post one million dead deer pics, nothing. You post one bear pic, and you'll get just a flood of hate. Really? You got the Yogi Bear syndrome, man. Like it's just teddy bears, Yogi Bear. Coca-Cola bear. God, I hate they're, bears. They're warm and fuzzy. I love bears. I think bears are cool as shit, but doesn't mean I don't think they should be hunted. Just think, I couple, like swans. Uh, swans are big. Swans are beautiful, but there's also 70,000 of them, like literally. So a 1,000 isn't going to do anything. A 1,000 less, I mean, if true. it's even that much. Well, shit, dude. 
I've been talking a half hour. My wife just walked in the door. Uh, let's end this one, and then let's go over some uh, survey data too. I've, I've got the uh, midwinter, some midwinter numbers from at least the central flyway that will make. Uh, I don't know. They're interesting. I'll put it that way. All right. All right. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.